You are listening to the Star Coach Podcast with Meg Rinchler, episode 115. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello, Star Coach listeners. Happy 2019. I hope the new year rang in well for all of you and that you look forward to a fabulous 2019. I want to thank you for being with us today. I also want to thank all of you who sent notes and good wishes about my mom. For those of you who listened to episode 114, I noted that I was going to be traveling to Michigan to be with my mom who had had a sudden stroke. I'm happy to report that she is recovering. I don't believe that she's going to have a full recovery, but we are very blessed And that A, she was not alone when her stroke hit because she does live alone. And she was with my sister, who happens to be a physician. So that boded well in a difficult situation. And while she struggles with paralysis and loss of speech, she is an incredible woman and fabulous mom. And we continue to pray for her recovery And we are very, very thankful for my sisters in Michigan who are rallying to care for her. So once again, thank you for all of you who were sending your thoughts and good wishes for my mom. So with that being said, mom was a big advocate of me doing the podcast and was somewhat tickled that that I was doing this. So Let's go ahead and move into 2019. And I thought a good way to start the year would be with today's guest, who is full of energy and creativity. Lucy Horton is a designer and a music educator living in Los Angeles. Her favorite projects are combining her creativity and logistics. So whether it is in teaching her music students or consulting and designing websites, she approaches every undertaking with heart, efficiency, and attention to detail. You'll also hear in the interview that she's a performer with a band. So Lucy does so many creative things. What we're going to focus on today is how we as solopreneurs and many of us as coaches are in business for ourselves as solopreneurs and the whole concept of how do we create an interface with technology, whether it be through a website, whether it be through trying to utilize social media in a way that works well for us? What are some of the barriers that we end up putting in front of ourselves? And what are some tools that we can use to break down those barriers? So I had so much fun with Lucy in exploring some of these common barriers and 
the solutions that she's going to give to us to try to overcome any kind of technical barrier that we might see in front of us. So I'm not going to make you wait anymore. Let's go to our interview with Lucy Horton. Lucy Horton, welcome to the Star Coach Show. Hi, thank you for having me. It's so exciting to have you here. We are going to focus on something that I know is going to really hit home for so many of our listeners. And what's funny is that as we were talking about all the different things that we could focus on with your specialty and your expertise, this one really hit home for both of us. So why don't you talk a little bit about, from your perspective, what helped us pick what we're going to talk about today? Sure, of course. I guess maybe something different about me in comparison to a lot of the other people you have on the show is that I am not a coach. Well, I'm a vocal coach, but not a coach per se in the your grand sense of the word. I'm a solopreneur and with that are you know coaches are also solopreneurs or small Many, many coaches are solopreneurs, absolutely. Exactly, and we have to wear a lot of hats. We have to, yeah, we know, market ourselves, do all of the business side of it in addition to the thing that we're most passionate about, which is coaching or in my case, teaching music and performing and designing. So in my kind of journey through, you know, music and design, I've found a lot of tools um, to help other solopreneurs and other small businesses. Primarily, I work with women and to kind of figure out, okay, this is what I love to do, but how do I do it and how do I do it now? And figuring out all of you know the barriers that come up, the negative self-talk that comes up that makes us stuck. I've just found there are so many things online specifically that can help us get unstuck that we just don't know about. So many of us don't know about it and can make our lives so much easier. And it's so helpful to know those resources. So I thought I'd like to share them here. (laughs) Absolutely. And that's what really appealed to me. Your specialty in web design and just you're, you're a creative, you're a music major and a singer and, you know, and you create beautiful websites with many times with coaches, with other small business owners. You talked about that you work primarily with women. So one of the things I've been sort of focusing on with my guests is asking, how did you get clear about who your ideal client was as you kind of walked through the process in your web design? Uh, Yeah, totally. I think it, a lot of it was just through trial and error. You know, when I first started designing websites, it was mainly for, you know, like my band and all of my friends' bands and just musicians. And then it would, you know, referrals from there. And I just noticed that I was more comfortable that I did my best work when I was talking on the phone or working with other women. And that could be probably, I would think related to that. I also teach voice lessons to only young girls and okay, it's very much a physically related thing. You know, my anatomy is different from, I can't model for a guy's voice as much as I can for a young woman. And so I think that I just connect well with from the ideas that young people are having. And then as as we get older too, just any, Mm -hmm. all of the things are going through to make, to put our ideas out there in the world. 
I love how you, you know, you sort of unapologetically say, this is the population that I work best with. This is, and, and many, so many times our ideal client is really sort of a mirror of either they've walked through the experiences we've walked through that we hopefully have walked before them so that we can kind of share with our ideal client. But I love that. And, and learning also from your voice clients, kind of who you wanted to work with in design, because it's all coming out of those, those creative pieces of yourself, right? Oh, totally. And well, and just even thinking, you know, the coaches that I've worked with have been almost always female. All of the major mentors in my life have all been female. And so there, that's how I think I started making websites for those coaches or like my mom is a designer and making a web, making her website for her company was the first one that I ever did. And I think it's just multi-generational. You know, we all have strong ideas that we want to put out there, but we have common roadblocks. There are definitely like things that we run into as women, maybe men too, but I have more well, and I was women. Say, yeah. You were listening who are men who are saying, now, wait a minute, are we only going to focus on women? The truth is, Lucy and I are going to do a dive into that negative self-talk, those barriers that we throw in our own way when we're looking at design, when we're looking at I want to, but when it comes to social media or design, and yes, you know, your your clientele might be primarily women, but we know that, come on guys, let's be honest, we all fall into this pattern. Negative self-talk, throwing barriers in our own way, and my audience knows that working around belief systems is one of my favorite things to do. So it just made perfect sense when Lucy and I were talking about those barriers that get in the way of technology and taking a dive into putting our value forward to whatever customer we're trying to reach, whatever client is out there. It was like, let's throw those barriers down and then give some potential solutions for those. So that's what we're going to do right now. I would highly recommend that you get some paper and pencil or plan to re-listen to this because there is going to be a lot of tools and tips within this show. And we're going to start with looking at what's one of the first barriers that you hear people put in their way when you talk to them about technology or just that you hear people chattering about? Well, I think in relation to a website, it's more, well, especially the first one is, well, I don't know a good web developer and I'm not tech savvy enough to build it myself. I don't know how to code, you know. Right. I don't know how to code or I can't afford a web developer right now. Yes. Know where to start. I don't know what to do. So I just won't have a web presence at all. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And the truth is that there are so many like kind of DIY or builders out there. I started out with using something called Wix.com and kind of have now gone through a few different ones. And the one that I use for everything now that <laughs> is uh, Squarespace, Squarespace.com. It's a website builder. It's a little bit more expensive than maybe some of the other builders. But the thing that I love about it is that all of the templates are so beautiful. Like if I went on there today and I knew, okay, you know what? For this new business idea I have, really all I need is an email address up there. 
Like I could find a template on there and it would just look like a beautiful business card. It would look like I spent a bunch of money doing that. And it really, <laughs> I did, or, you know, I didn't. Right. It just, so there it are tools there. Yeah. yeah. It looks, you know, and I just, the thing I appreciate then also is that as you get more confidence, okay, I put my email address on there. You can then advance yourself to like, oh, but I want a picture of myself. And then you kind of figure that out. And then it just kind of one thing leads to another in a comfortable way. So even though there is a learning curve as with anything having to do with technology, the good news is, is it starts looking good immediately. It's not like with coding, you have to like get to a certain point before you can even see anything on the page. You know, it's, this looks good with just an email address on it and, and everywhere in between to, you know, having videos and whatever else you want on there, blogs. So that is so many times for those of you who are just starting and you're thinking, I want to have a presence on the web because that creates credibility, but mm-hmm. I'm not in a place of wanting to spend thousands of dollars to have a website built from, I don't know, granite. (laughs) So Lucy's saying, look at a DIY website builder such as Squarespace. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Because it's something, you know, I think Squarespace now it's like 140 a year. Or something. Which oh, is so it's a compo- yeah. you know, if I were to go find a developer out there to try and build a website for me, even if I said, oh, it's just my contact information, it could be upwards of a few thousand dollars plus a yearly thing to keep it, you know. Right. And then, you know, you're every time I'm like, oh, but I changed my email address or oh, but I changed one thing and you have to like go with their schedule. And, you know, it's so nice to have independence because as solopreneurs, we want to be able to do everything ourselves. And on something like Squarespace, you have the capability to just go in and make tweaks and do it yourself. And I want all of you to realize how awesome Lucy is. Lucy is a designer and she's saying, you know what, if you want to start by doing it yourself, here's a tool to do it yourself. Not every designer would be so gracious. (laughs) Well, of course. I mean, that's the, I'd say that my favorite type of client to work with is the one who wants to be doing it all themselves. They maybe just don't have quite enough time, you know, and so they just need a little bit of support. And so that, but they've got the hustle energy in them because that's what makes, you know, a website is a living, breathing thing. You want to be updating it and as, as you as you change and your business grows. And so working with people who are excited about that type of stuff, you know, those are the people I want to meet. So, yeah. Oh, excellent. And then the <laughs> other thing that you said that I think is so key for people to hear is don't forget that as you develop a website, even if it's your first website, even if it is only an email address, it, it really needs to be mobile friendly these days. People are far more likely to pick up their phone and look up an email address than ever in the past. And and you want it to look nice on a mobile device, on iPads, on phones, whatever, because chances are that that's what people are going to be using to look you up. Totally. Yes, I agree. Okay, so we've got an idea, but gosh, what do I even put on it? And I don't have any great <laughs> photos and I don't know. So I guess I just won't do a website. What would you say about that? 
Exactly. That, a lot of people say that. That's the next, the next barrier that comes up is either you don't have photos you like, or you have some photos of yourself and you're like, I don't want to put just a photo of myself on this website, you know, or like, yeah, I don't want, you know, it feels inauthentic to you or what you're trying to share or whatever. And there's this great resource that I learned about from another website designer called Unsplash, unsplash.com. And it has photographers all over the world put their professional photos on there. It's that you can download and put wherever you want for free. You know, they ask that you, you know, give credit to them. So I like to always say like photo taken by so-and-so and put the link, but that it's a small price to pay. These photos are so just beautiful. And the, it's kind of like Pinterest in that you can search for like, say I want a like, mountain team, scene or a mountain scene, or like I write teamwork is one I often type up and then you just all sorts of photos. And in comparison to a lot of other stock image sites, they can look very forced. Yes. Um, and, and you see them everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You see the same ones. You're like, Oh, I seen that one, you know? So this, it's just everyone start photographers who are starting out or well, you know, are well known are contributing to the site. So there's always new ones on there and they're all really beautiful and you can make your own collections kind of. So, and I'll share kind of a story that where this kind of the best case scenario of the way this unsplash can work is that a client of mine wanted to make a blog. She had a great idea for sharing a blog and the kind of awesome thing and kind of about a blog is that there's lots of content to share with people, but the kind of not awesome thing is that you kind of need a lot of photos. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Because you need your blog to pop. It's not just words. You you want it to have pretty pictures or, or attractive pictures. And totally. Yeah. She wanted to catch the eye and she had all of these ways of describing, you know, I want it to feel inviting. I want it to feel calm. I want it to feel simple and clear and like all of those things, which she thought was like, well, I don't know where to go from here. Yeah. I want it to feel this way, but I don't know what that means. You know, it, she was thinking that in order to get photos, she'd need to know, okay, I know the blog needs to be it's about hiking. So then I need to find hiking shots and like finding specific things. But mm-hmm. I told her, oh, well, go type in inviting, calm, any of those buzzwords that fit those, you know, the mood that you're set, trying to set here and go look at Unsplash and see if you can find 10 to 15 that you either say yes or no. Because it's hard to just imagine from a blank canvas, like, okay, what color of paint do I need here? Right. Or what am I going to paint? You know, it's really hard to imagine something that's not there. Or in the case of designing a house, it's hard to imagine what type of tile you need or what type of couch you want, unless it's when you see a catalog and you're like, oh, I like that couch. I want that. Right. That's, you need examples of awesome things. And that's what Unsplash can give. And then once you have 10 to 15 photos that you make a little photo album of, you know, on their site, you can make your photo albums. Then all of a sudden you've got everything else falls into place. Then it's like writing your blog entries for you because you're now you're inspired by the images that it's made. And that is so true. I will go through images if I'm, I'm thinking what kind of a message, I know sort of the message I want to send out to my, to my, list or to my clients, but I'm like, oh, what exact, I'll look at images and, and it pulls all my thoughts together. It's so true, Lucy. It happens to me over and over again. And then it's like, okay, let me put this to sort of cement the beginning and this, you know, the picture just helps you tell the story. Oh, it totally. And then 
in the case of a website, okay, yeah, you just have your website with, that has your phone number on it. You put one photo you like from Unsplash and it, then that's what made you makes it jump up in quality and credibility instantly. And it just, all it took was some fun scrolling of, <laughs> to find a photo that you liked. No, and then yeah. give credit to the photographer. I love that. You know, yeah. this photo was taken by Susie Q because I will tell you that stock images can be really expensive. So Unsplash giving this resource for free just with the request that you credit them for their photo, I think that that's more than fair. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. Excellent. All right. So first barrier was I'll make a website once I find a web developer or once I can afford a web developer. And your resource for that was squarespace.com. And then, oh, I don't have any good photos. I don't know what to put up on my website. So your resource for that was unsplash.com. What's the next barrier that you often hear people throw in their way of getting out there and interacting with their audience? Oh gosh, Meg, it's social media. (laughs) Yeah, everyone is got such a, you know, I'll make a website once I figure out social media and build a following and get my marketing strategy together or I'll, or I'll start doing anything. It doesn't even have to, I'll build my website. It's kind no, of, it's oh, anything. Yeah. I'll once start I figure business. out what Instagram is, then, then I'll do something. Or once I figure out how to do Facebook ads, then I'll da, 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 da. Exactly. And you know, it, it's such a complicated, you know, thing. And I think that my opinion shifts on this, but as a, or, you know, musician trying to self-promote, that's kind of my main access point into social media is all of our musician friends all trying to get people to come to shows or whatever. It's, it can be really exhausting. And for me, it took away from the part that I loved, which was making music. And I made a kind of a realization that me trying to drag my feet and try and make a post every day, or like any of my clients that are just like, oh, I just like, it stresses me so, out so much to try and come up with a caption on Instagram. It's like, if you realize there are so many people that are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter that love it. Like if you ever met someone where they're just like, oh, I'm so excited to post this because like my followers will love this, you know, in the, in the way that they're just excite, as excited about that as, you know, I am about music and design or you are about your podcast and coaching. And so realizing, oh, I could never compete with somebody who loves this. So not trying to put that pressure on my clients to like, mm-hmm. you don't need to have 3000 followers before you do everything else. You know, that if you want to slowly work towards that, treat that as, as your side hustle, but don't let that be, it replace what it is you love. Um, and and you, just find something and, and do it, whether it's blogging or a podcast or social media. I mean, it, instead of using that as an excuse to not move forward, do what you believe in and what you're confident in and then see where it takes you. Totally. Yeah. And if it is the cap, it, realize what it is holding you up specifically, like what makes you end up stopping. Like for Instagram, if it's, I love taking pictures, but I hate taking pe- captions or writing captions. Well, Beyonce almost never writes a caption. She's doing pretty well. Well, she's also Beyonce, but like, (laughs) she wasn't always Beyonce. If she can not have to write captions, you don't have to write captions. 
So, or, you know, I love to write about what other people are doing, but I don't like to self-promote. Well, okay, just write about what other people are doing. And the people who find that will be curious about you if you're presenting yourself authentically. Yeah. So it's just don't fight your nature. I love that. I actually heard a speaker the other day who said, you know, if you think it's like, I don't want to take a picture of my lunch and and post it like so many people are, or, you know, a green smoothie or something that I'm doing, put it up. If you, if you are only put it up, if it feels natural to you and you want to say something about it, like, oh my gosh, I just found the newest, coolest restaurant in my area that I didn't even know was here. If that's a conversation and you're comfortable doing that versus, oh, look at what I'm having for lunch today. That might not be what, but what is it about it that you're comfortable sharing and want to share and can do so authentically and genuinely? Totally. Yeah. If it feels authentic, you'll know in your, you know, so just don't, but it's not, there's no one keeping tabs on you if you post once a day necessarily, you know, that's the old, your own expectations and pressure you're putting on yourself. So just do the things that feel right. And it kind of goes to that concept of if you just keep putting it off because it's not perfect, then you're not ever going to start. And then you're just going to stay at that same spot all the time. So find something that you're comfortable doing and do it consistently, and do it authentically and genuinely, and have fun with it. Totally. Yeah. Have fun with it. All right. So what is your next barrier that you find that people put in their own way? All right. Well, I was trying to think of something that kind of encompassed all of the rest. The general feeling of yeah. a barrier that I find is just, I'm so bad at anything tech-related. And, or... and she so busted me on this one because this <laughs> is, I, if, if you've heard me say this once, you've probably heard me say it 8,000 times. So yes, I'm so bad at anything that's tech-related. Yeah, that's, I mean, say to me? I would say, oh, well, you just need to Google a different tool. It's probably the tool's fault, not yours. You know, like I think if you can't find a YouTube video that tells you how to work, whatever you're trying to work and you can't figure it out in like that five to 10 minute video, then, you know, there's probably some other services out there that make it easier. You know, like don't kick yourself for not being able to use something that's really complicated in the case of, for example, a lot of people want to figure out how to use Illustrator or Photoshop for any of their photo editing and stuff. And that has a steep learning curve. I mean, that's the professional standard. So, you know, there are so many free resources out there to like get your chops up. Like Canva is one, canva.com and also WordSwag. That's one that it's an app that Eileen Schaefer told me about, another speaker on your podcast. Both of those tools can easily kind of, you know, give you a few options and beautiful templates for editing photos and being able to post on social media or whatever you're printing materials, marketing needs. And then eventually after working those for a while, because they're, you know, pretty simple, you might find yourself being like, oh, but I wish you could do this on it. That's when you're ready to move to something a little bit more advanced and try a new tool. But yeah, there are just like thousands and thousands of tools out there. I can't tell you how many times I Google whatever tool it is versus VS and then just hit enter. And then all of these comparisons, you know, top three. Really? That's a neat tool. So yeah. if you're thinking about, if you're using Canva and you want to know what else sort of does that, you would just say Canva VS and, and then all these other tools come up. 
Yes, because How then cool. and it, it'll be like bloggers writing about why they like one versus the other. So then it kind of saves you time from doing free trials and things like that because you can see what people, the pros and cons of things are. But I've done that for finding a CRM because I, you know, wanted to be able to figure out my networking and organize myself, but nothing out there. They were all so built for like bigger companies and not for like what I needed as a solopreneur. So I found Airtable is the, the tool that I love for that. And or finding my accounting, like just anything or like, cause I QuickBooks wasn't working for me. So I just, you know, found something else. And I just love living that way because there's so many people out there trying to help other people. Oh, and isn't that true? Including you coming and sharing your favorite tools <laughs> with us today. So when I think the message that I'm hearing loud and clear from you is it doesn't have to be as complicated as we make it. There Mm -hmm. are many, many tools available to us, and you gave us some great shortcuts to, to check out first the ones that you believe in, but also ways to find other things. Because the web can be overwhelming sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you Google, I don't know, anything, it, it can, you just get inundated. So knowing that there are some ways to check out particular bloggers. Now, that's the other thing that I would say to the listeners is as you begin to explore, you're probably going to find some different bloggers or resource people that you believe in what they put forward. So I follow Amy Porterfield really religiously. I like what she puts forward. I like her ideas. I listen to social media examiner, but that's the name, but I don't think that's the podcast. Social media something is the podcast. I I should probably know, but you know, at the beginning of each of the podcasts, they give different ideas for, for new quick fix technology stuff that's out. So just looking for things like that are just different things that are available and, and give yourself an opportunity to play a little. Oh, I totally, yeah. All you need is the willingness to try it or, you know, the, I'm so bad at anything tech related, that's us shutting ourselves down. But I think that it can be a relief to think, oh, it's not my fault. It's the tool's fault. Yeah, I love that. Let's just blame the tool. Yeah. <laughs> you said it to me. I was like, sure, sure. I'll blame the tool. <laughs> yeah. It's not meant for me. <laughs> it's not meant for me. There's a better tool out there for me. I love yeah. it. So I'm going to have Lucy's information on the resource page, but Lucy, I'm wondering if there's any other, anything I haven't asked you about or anything else that you want the audience to be able to walk away with from this great sort of how to get past the barriers episode that we focused on today. Oh gosh, I don't know. Just take action. Don't like be aware of any barriers that might come up for you and there is a way around them, like setting our expectations to something that like, okay, I can do this, this, at least this small thing. And then once you get that confidence from that small thing, move forward. And just, I could imagine it would apply to any, that's what all coaches probably tell their clients. Well, and that's a great thing to remember. You know, like, what do you tell your clients to do in the face of challenge? And what what do we need to remember ourselves as coaches? That's a great way to wrap it up today. Lucy, thank you for your time. Thank you, Meg. This has been so fun.
I had such a good time with Lucy looking at some of the things that I know I'm guilty of as well in putting up as a barrier to the kind of success that I want to have with technology and am so grateful for her for bringing these very usable tools to us. Also, at the very end, I had said that I listened to a podcast and I said Social Media Examiner, which is actually the company that puts on the podcast. But the podcast that I listened to is Social Media Marketing with Michael Stelzner. So that's one of the many podcasts that I listen to. Maybe someday I'll do a show just on all of my favorite podcasts. But they do offer a technology tip at the beginning of each one of their shows that I find to be pretty fascinating. So if you'd like to know more about Lucy Horton or her company, which is moseycreative.com, go to starcoatshow.com on our resource page and you'll find information about Lucy and how to reach Lucy. Also, you can sign up for our ongoing book giveaway. We currently are featuring the deck of positive psychology cars from Eileen Schaefer, who happened to be the coach that referred Lucy to me. Her mindful stepping deck is in our giveaway this week. So once again, I'm just so pleased that you joined us in this new year, and I wish you the very best for 2019. Please keep coming back to the Star Coach Show as we will continue to bring you new strategies, tools, and resources each and every week. And until then, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. We'll see you next week.